the role of inflammation in diabetes, current concepts and future perspectives. Sotiros Salamandris, Dimitris Tausolis and others. From National and Kapodistrian University of Athens, Athens, Greece. European Cardiovascular Review, 2018. Abstract. Diabetes is a complex metabolic disorder affecting the glucose status of the human body. Chronic hyperglycemia related to diabetes is associated with end-organ failure. The clinical relationship between diabetes and atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease is well established. This makes therapeutic approaches that simultaneously target diabetes and atherosclerotic disease an attractive area for research. The majority of people with diabetes fall into two broad pathogenetic categories, type 1 or type 2 diabetes. The role of obesity, adipose tissue, gut microbiota and pancreatic beta cell function in diabetes are under intensive scrutiny with several clinical trials to have been completed while more are in development. The emerging role of inflammation in both type 1 and type 2 diabetes T1D and T1D, pathophysiology and associated metabolic disorders has generated increasing interest in targeting inflammation to improve prevention and control of the disease. After an extensive review of the possible mechanisms that drive the metabolic pattern in T1D and T2D and the inflammatory pathways that are involved, it becomes even clear that future research should focus on a model of combined suppression for various inflammatory response pathways. Diabetes is a multifaceted metabolic disorder affecting the glucose status of the human body. Impaired glucose tolerance and hyperglycemia are the main clinical and diagnostic features and the result of an absolute or relative insulin deficiency resistance to its action. Chronic hyperglycemia associated with diabetes can result in end-organ dysfunction and failure, which can involve the retina, kidneys, nerves, heart and blood vessels. The clinical relationship between diabetes and atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease are well established, with the risk for cardiovascular disease, CVD, being significantly elevated in patients with diabetes. Moreover, CVD typically occurs on two to decades earlier in people with diabetes, with more aggressive, severe and diffuse distribution. The first WHO Global Report on Diabetes, published in 2016, demonstrates that the number of adults living with diabetes has almost quadrupled since 1980 to 422 million adults and this is expected to rise to 552 million by 2030. Thus, the need for effective novel therapeutic approaches for the treatment and or prevention of diabetes and atherosclerotic disease is crucial. Traditionally, the majority of cases of diabetes fall into two broad pathogenic categories type 1, T1D, and type 2, T2D. However, in some people, this rigid classification is not applicable because other genetic, immunological, 
and neuroendocrinological pathways are involved in its pathogenesis. T1D is related to an absolute lack of insulin due to a vaguely understood mechanism when immune-mediated destruction of pancreatic beta cells is the hallmark of the disorder, with hyperglycemia only emerging when more than 90% of the beta cells are lost. T2D is the most common form of diabetes, accounting for 90-95% to of cases. Its development is secondary to a relative insulin deficiency, but the primary defect is insulin resistance. Various proposals and hypotheses have been developed to describe the mechanisms which are usually involved in the propagation of diabetes, mainly focusing on T2D. The increase in prevalence of the condition has been related to well-recognized risk factors, such as the adoption of a Western lifestyle, sedentary lives, lack of physical activity and an energy-dense diet. Genetic predisposition, ethnicity and ageing are not modifiable risk factors for T2D, while others, such as being overweight or obese, an unhealthy diet, insufficient physical activity and smoking are modifiable through behavioural and environmental changes. However, increasing evidence has shown that inflammatory pathways are the principal common pathogenetic mediators and the natural cause of diabetes under the stimulus of the risk factors described above. In this article, we will highlight the emerging role of inflammation in the pathophysiology of diabetes and we will analyze the implicated inflammatory pathways and biomarkers of inflammation in diabetes and metabolic diseases. The focus of this article is to provide an overview of the current state of knowledge on anti-inflammatory therapies for diabetes, along with perspectives on future therapies for the disease. Historical Perspectives Observational studies provided the first evidence for the possible association between inflammation and diabetes. Over a century ago, the administration of high doses of sodium salicylate led to decreased glucosuria in people with a suspected indefinite diagnosis of diabetes. Later studies on the role of inflammation in diabetes revealed that this hypoglycemic action was related to the inhibition of the serine kinase L-kappa-B kinase beta, IKK-beta, which correlates with the post-receptor action of insulin. A landmark study to correlate inflammation with diabetes was conducted in animal models by Hotamisilijil and others in 1993 and it revealed that the role of tumor necrosis factor alpha, TNF-alpha in obesity and particularly in insulin resistance and diabetes. Epidemiologic associations of inflammation with obesity and T2D were made when circulating concentrations of markers and mediators of inflammation and acute phase reactants include fibrogen C-reactive protein, interleukin IL-6, plasminogen activator inhibitor 1, sialic acid and white cells have been shown to be elevated in these conditions. Over the next decades, numerous studies on human and animal models provided further supporting evidence 
for the role of inflammation in the initiation and progression of diabetes. Accumulative evidence suggests that chronic activation of pro-inflammatory pathways in target cells of insulin action may contribute to obesity. Insulin resistance and related metabolic disorders, including T2D, the identification of potential pathways connecting inflammation to diabetes, has produced growing interest in targeting inflammation to help prevent and control diabetes and related conditions, as well as improving risk stratification for diabetes by using inflammatory biomarkers as potential indexes. Inflammation in type 1 diabetes Type 1 diabetes is an autoimmune disorder characterized by a selective, specific destruction of insulin-producing pancreatic beta cells without apparent pathological alterations of other Langerhans cells. However, type 1 diabetes shows significant heterogeneity in regard to the age of onset, severity of autoimmune response and efficacy of therapy, while it has also been demonstrated that both humoral and cellular immunity is involved in the pathogenesis of T1D. The first theories about predisposition support the environmental trigger factors in early life, such as infections, nutrition and chemicals that are able to activate self-targeting immune cascades, remain applicable even though the initial event is still unclear. Inflammatory infiltrates in type 1 diabetes Progress in understanding the pathophysiology of T1D has been made in parallel with the advances in the field of immunology. The predominant theory is that the beta-cell pancreatic islets in patients with T1D are inflamed, called insulitis, through the course of T1D. Anderson and others demonstrated that failure in both central and peripheral immune tolerance mechanisms contribute to the emergence of autoreactive T-cells in the periphery of non-obese mice with diabetes. Regulatory T-cells tracks have been shown to also be defective in this autoimmune disease setting, along with evidence from animal models demonstrating the participation of both CD4 plus and CD8 plus T-cells, effector T-cells TEFF in the development of T1D as they target several beta-cell autoantigens and related peptide epitopes. Moreover, by using adoptive T-cell transfer models of T1D, it has been demonstrated that T-cell subtypes are capable of inducing destructive peri-islet inflammatory infiltrate and overt diabetes. This was further depicted in human studies using pancreas samples obtained post-mortem from subjects diagnosed with recent onset T1D. Interestingly, the immune B-cell CD20 plus profile also changes during disease progression, as initial studies found they align closely with the migration of CD8 plus T-cells, following two different patterns either that of high or low infiltration in islets as reported by Wilcox and others. 
Macrophages are also critical mediators of ILS inflammation due to their ability to secrete cytokines such as interleukin-1 beta, IL-1 beta and tumor necrosis factor alpha, TNF-alpha and produce reactive oxygen species, ROS. Additional studies have shown that the surrounding pancreatic exocrine tissue is abundant in both lymphocytes and neutrophils in T1D and it is suspected that these cells might also contribute to the evolution of disease. In some studies, dendritic cells, neutrochilla NK cells and NKT cells have also been found in the islet infiltrate and may have a partial role in the wall process. However, it seems that overall the interaction among different cell types regulates diabetes progression. Mediators of inflammation in type 1 diabetes. The three cytokines that seem to be implicated in the inflammation of pancreatic beta cells in T1D are the synergic action of interferon gamma, IFN gamma, and the innate inflammatory cytokines TNF-alpha and IL-1-beta. The combined action of these inflammatory molecules results in the upregulation of inducible nitric oxide synthase INOS, with subsequent production of nitric oxide NO. However, even though reactive oxygen species plays a role in beta cell destruction, more recent studies have demonstrated that nitric oxide is not implicated in the damage of pancreatic beta cell. Furthermore, studies demonstrating that the biology of the beta cell could directly influence the response to an inflammatory environment through specific gene-guided modulation of beta cell apoptosis in use by IFN gamma modulated by the PTPN2 gene. The mechanism mentioned above strongly suggests that multiple pathways may exist which can contribute to pancreatic beta cell death. During this process, the control and regulation of local inflammatory cytokines production are likely to be critical factors in determining the outcome of the autoimmune progression. The disruptive effects of inflammatory and autoimmune-mediated pancreatic islets attack may lead to a vicious cycle where initial cytokine stress may urge the metabolic stress and an additional loss in beta cell function. Anti-inflammatory trials on the type 1 diabetes Given the obvious genetic influences in the initiation and progression of T1D, the immune cell type and the pattern that occurs in any given patient offers an important perspective on the design of clinical trials intended to slow or terminate the progression of the disease. Two initial clinical trials with rituximab, a monoclonal anti-CD20 antibody, were only partially successful. Furthermore, strategies are being developed targeting the antigen-specific T-cell response, such as the application of plasmid DNA, pDNA vaccination, with promising results. However, two humanized anti-CD3 monoclonal antibody, MAABS, teplizumab and otelixuximab, have been evaluated in people with new and recently diagnosed T1D 
and showed a reduced rate of loss of beta cell function in the majority of participants. Cytokines are another promising target for therapy for T1D, given their involvement in the process of beta cell pathology. IL-1-beta and TNF-alpha appear to be attractive initial targets for designing clinical trials based on this concept. A pilot study examined the effects of an anti-TNF-alpha therapy, etanercept, and pediatric patients newly diagnosed with T1D and demonstrated an increased endogenous insulin production and better metabolic control. Administration of alpha-1 antitrypsin AAT, an anti-inflammatory serum protein, to a small group of people with T1D resulted in a reduced IL-1-beta response in monocytes and dendritic cells and improved beta cell function. Furthermore, given the broad anti-inflammatory properties of vitamin D, it has also been identified as a potential therapeutic target. However, small studies of vitamin D supplementation in recent onset T1D have only resulted in modest beta cell protection. On a larger scale, interleukin-1 receptor antagonist IL-1RN and human monoclonal IL-1-beta antibody were employed in two randomized placebo-controlled trials in people with recent onset T1D. Canakinumab and anakinra were found to be safe, but they were not effective as single immunomodulatory drugs in recent onset T1D, and they did not result in preserved beta cell function and measured by stimulated C-peptide area under the curve. In conclusion, the immunotherapeutic trials that have been completed in human T1D have always focused on patients after clinical onset of diabetes, well after the establishment of targeted adaptive immune responses towards beta cell islets. Targeting these factors is likely to preserve remaining beta cell function, but cumulative treatments can only be realistically achieved by attempting at the same time to replace part of the beta cell mass that has been lost during the autoimmune process. Metabolic disorders and inflammation in type 2 diabetes. Inflammation in type 2 diabetes. Several pathophysiological studies have strengthened our understanding of insulin resistance and secretion in the course of disease onset and progression. Subjects at risk of T2D display an initiate state of insulin resistance compensated by hypersecretion of insulin in the beta cells. However, in the clinical course of the disease, this pancreatic functional reserve is eventually enabled to cope with the required insulin secretion and by the time diabetes is diagnosed, better cells are no longer able to secrete enough insulin. Although the relative contribution of beta cell dysfunction and insulin resistance can vary in people with T2D. It is generally accepted that abnormal insulin sensitivity precedes the clinical diagnosis of diabetes by up to 15 years. Therefore, along with mechanistic studies investigating mechanisms forming the basis of insulin resistance, more recent research has also focused 
on the pathways leading to better cell failure. The role of adipose tissue in obesity. There has been intensive research conducted in the pathophysiology of diabetes and its association with obesity and the biological role of adipose tissue. As addressed before, insulin resistance is a key component in the course of type 2 diabetes. Liver and muscles have long been recognized as a major contributors of systemic insulin resistance. Fat accumulation in the liver, steatosis, proceeds overt type 2 diabetes is commonly associated with obesity and is considered a major determinant of the reduced hepatic insulin sensitivity resulting in fasting hyperglycemia. Furthermore, it is now well accepted that the accumulation of energy due to the excessive calorie intake and the lack of physical activity leads initially to fat accumulation in the subcutaneous tissue and later to other tissue compartments such as the liver, pancreas, muscles, perivascular and pericardium. This fat accumulation increases tissue insulin resistance while pancreatic fat accumulation further determines beta cell dysfunction. Obesity and its associated conditions including metabolic syndrome, hypertension and dyslipidemia is possibly associated with concentrations of inflammatory biomarkers which are predictive of insulin resistance in the incidence of type 2 diabetes and CVD. Obesity and metabolic syndrome specifically comprise a cluster of diseases associated with too much food and insufficient physical activity. Conditions where subacute chronic inflammation is a common and potentially unflying mechanistic cause accompanied by activation of at least two major inflammatory pathways, stress-activated JAN and terminal kinases JNK and the transcription factor NF-kappa-B. This inflammatory state via production of pro-inflammatory cytokines is further amplified in adipokinase. Though a number of studies have demonstrated that adipokinase stimulate additional inflammatory responses in obesity and promote obesity-induced metabolic and cardiovascular diseases. Animal studies have demonstrated that brown adipose tissue, BAT, has an important role in regulating energy and glucose homeostasis and is associated with peripheral insulin resistance and glucose levels. However, white adipose tissue, WAT, and mainly visceral WAT, are on the trunk, upper body and abdomen, appears to be the major source of inflammatory markers in type 2 diabetes, but also a target of the inflammatory process in people with diabetes. It produces cytokines and several other bioactive substances involved in the inflammatory pathways such as TNF-alpha, IL-1, IL-6, IL-10, leptin, adiponectin, monocyte chemoattractant protein, angiotensinogen, resistin, chemokines, serum amyloid protein, and many others collectively referred to as adipokines. Further infiltration of adipose tissue by macrophages in immune cells, B-cells and T-cells, trigger 
local and systemic chronic low-grade inflammation by producing more cytokines and chemokines that serve as a pathologic link between obesity, insulin resistance and diabetes. The role of gut microbia in type 2 diabetes The role of the gut in the pathophysiology of diabetes can be approached from two different viewpoints. Studies have suggested that several mechanisms may be involved in weight loss and diabetes control after bariatric surgery, beyond malabsorption and analytical restriction. Indeed, complex changes in multiple gut hormones have been shown after bariatric procedures and have been proposed as adjunctive mechanisms for short- and long-term positive metabolic effects serving as possible novel therapeutic approaches to obesity and insulin resistance. In the past few years, a two-way relationship between the gut microbiome and the host energy balance and immune function has been demonstrated. The gut microbiome seems to differ between obese and lean subjects. Flora composition influences metabolism and inversely diet and metabolic status influence the composition of the gut flora. While a fecal microbiome transplantation from lean donors to insulin-resistant subjects results in beneficial metabolic effects, it has been postulated that products from the gut microbiome may interact with the immune system inducing a tissue metabolic modification, which feeds the molecular origin of the low-grade inflammation that characterizes the onset of obesity and diabetes. An altered gut microbiota can directly affect immune cells in the gut and indirectly affect immune cells via microbial products, including LPS, metabolites, and short-chain fatty acids, SCFA, all of which can affect adipogenesis and or insulin resistance. Lipopolysaccharides, LPS, is believed to cause low-grade inflammation mediated by the induction of inflammatory cytokines by immune cells and adipocytes, while SCFAs can modulate gene expression of human monocytes and reduce pro-inflammatory cytokine and chemokine production. SCFAs can also promote regulatory cell generation through several pathways, thereby suppressing the function of inflammatory T cells. These are able to block IFN gamma inducible protein 10 IP10 release in human colonic subepithelial myofibroblasts, acting not only on immune cells systematically but also on intestinal tissue cells locally. The role of pancreatic beta cell failure in type 2 diabetes. Independent at the etiopathogenetic mechanism among the different types of diabetes, the common pathway seems to be the inflammation in the pancreatic Langerhans beta cell islets, insulitis, in the concept of an auto-inflammatory process, which results in reduction in both beta cell number and function. It has been suggested that in people with a genetic predisposition, the stressed beta cell may stimulate local inflammation and modify the balance between beta cell mass 
and function in the islets of Langehans. Several experimental models, as well as observational studies in humans, have demonstrated that macrophages play a key role in the islet's inflammation seen in type 2 diabetes. Inflammasome IL-1B signaling is the most common, well-studied and high-impact pathway activated in islets of multiple type 2 diabetes models that cause beta cell dysfunction. It is likely that other immune cell types are involved in islet inflammation in T2D, while islet autoimmunity has also been suggested to contribute to beta cell functional decline during the course of type 2 diabetes. Among factors that stimulate islet macrophages to secrete IL-1-beta in vivo and human islets are amyloid polypeptides, free fatty acids, FFA, and endocannabinoids. However, it has been assumed that hyperglycemia is produced initially in the inflammation in pancreatic beta cells by inducing apoptotic mechanism. Alpha particular pathway was proposed by Medler and others who showed the hyperglycemia may induce the production of IL-1-beta by stimulating pro-apoptotic receptor FFA on beta cells. FFA can also produce and secrete IL-1-beta and IL-1-dependent pro-inflammatory cytokines in pancreatic islets and thus to reduce the inflammation. In addition, after its initial secretion, IL-1-beta regulates its production in pancreatic beta cells by autostimulation, while this process also increases nitric oxide production, leading to reduction in ATP concentration in the mitochondria, which can cause further beta cell dysfunction and reduce insulin secretion. Oxidative stress may also potentiate the generation of reactive oxygen species along with other pro-inflammatory cytokines and chemokines in the beta cells that disrupts the blood flow into them and destroys their function. Experimental studies have confirmed that IL-6 induces apoptosis in pancreatic islets together with other inflammatory cytokines and acts as a predictor and pathogenic marker for the progression of type 2 diabetes. TNF-alpha is also considered to play an essential role by creating a linkage among insulin resistance, obesity and islet inflammation. Its other production in adipose tissue seems to feed the inflammation and better cell death in pancreatic islets and proceeds additional insulin resistance in peripheral tissues. Evidence of inflammation in other organs in people with type 2 diabetes. Immune system activation is highly related to T2D incidence and progression and adaptive and innate immunity are involved in adipose tissue inflammation. The phenotype switching of macrophages from predominantly anti-inflammatory M2 type to increased proportions and pro-inflammatory M1 type macrophages plays a crucial role in the initiation and amplification of islet inflammation. However, the evidence shows that the recruitment of B cells and T cells precedes 
adipose tissue filtration and macrophages. Moreover, several other organs have been reported to participate in the metabolic homeostasis and inflammatory states in type 2 diabetes such as the liver, the neural system and possibly skeletal muscle. However, more research is needed to support this evidence. Current knowledge on diabetes treatments Drugs with pleiotropic effects The current therapeutic approaches to type 2 diabetes have anti-inflammatory properties in addition to their major modes of action. Non-pharmacological therapies such as lifestyle interventions but also pharmacological and bariatric surgical approaches for weight loss appears to reduce inflammation assessed as circulating CRP and IL-6 concentrations and improves cardiovascular and all-cause mortality. Statins also have anti-inflammatory properties beyond their ability to lower levels of low-density lipoproteins, LDL cholesterol. The justification for the use of statin in prevention an intervention trial evaluating rosuvastatin, Jupiter, demonstrated that rovastatin reduced high-sensitivity CRP along with LDL cholesterol. However, the effects of statins on glycemic control are conflicting, implying that targeting inflammation with statins does not improve glycemia and therefore does not provide an integrated anti-inflammatory approach for diabetes and CVD. Anti-diabetic agents, including insulin, have intrinsic anti-inflammatory effects associated with their primary mechanism of action and are also associated with reductions in inflammatory markets. Insulin itself decreases NF-kappa-B activity in peripheral blood mononuclear cells, which reduces inflammation. The anti-inflammatory actions of Thiazolidine dionis through binding and activation of the peroxisome proliferator activated receptor gamma PPAR gamma seems to be related to transrepression of NF-kappa-B and reduced expression of NF-kappa-B targets. In addition to its metabolic effects, metformin has an anti-inflammatory actions. They appear to be independent of glycemia and are most prominent in immune cells and vascular tissues. D-peptidase 4 inhibitors, DPP4, and GLP1 receptor agonists also have intrinsic anti-inflammatory properties. However, beyond their anti-diabetic effects, the contribution of inflammation reduction to diabetes and cardiovascular improvements remains unknown. Finally, a new class of anti-diabetic drugs, sodium glucose co-transporter 2 inhibitors, SGLT2 inhibitors, act by increasing renal excretion of glucose. Preliminary data in humans demonstrate a possible improvement on the circulating biomarkers of inflammation by SGLT2 inhibitors. However, more studies are needed. Multiple medical approaches that directly target inflammatory pathways have been studied in the past few years, supporting the concept of anti-inflammatory treatment 
for cardiometabolic diseases, such as diabetes and atherosclerotic CVD. For a long time, salicylates, especially aspirin, have been used to treat thrombosis in primary and secondary CVD prevention, as well as to treat rheumatoid diseases. They were the first class of drugs reported to lower glucose in diabetes more than a century ago. However, several studies with salicylate products have demonstrated an improvement metabolic profile in patients with obesity and diabetes, suggesting a potential efficacy for diabetes prevention and control. Methotrexate is a disease-modifying drug broadly used to treat rheumatic diseases among other conditions, while its efficacy on glycemic control was demonstrated in a small cohort study. The primary data drove the design and conduction of a large clinical trial with methotrexate among patients with previous MI and either T2D or metabolic syndrome. However, methotrexate had neutral findings on IL-1B, IL-6, CRP levels, while more data anticipated for the effects on T2D. Biological agents as anti-inflammatory therapy in type 2 diabetes. Targeting cytokine production and secretion to prevent further activation of inflammation have been proposed with the intention of stopping the initiation and progression of type 2 diabetes. TNF-alpha antagonists have been used to treat inflammatory conditions and have been associated with improved glycemic control and decreased incidence of diabetes, while most studies on patients with unfavorable cardiometabolic profile did not demonstrate adequate results, with the exception of a randomized six-month trial. The mechanism of action of IL-1-beta is consistent with the pathogenesis and progression of T2D. Improved beta cell secretory function in glycemia, as well as reduced inflammatory biomarkers in people with diabetes and prediabetes have been demonstrated by IL-1-beta antagonists, such as Enekinra and Givoxizumab. Studies on CVD and atherosclerosis prevention with IL-1-beta antagonists have also been conducted. Other studies showed that Kanikunab reduced the inflammatory proteins CRP, IL-6 and fibrogen in persons with type 2 diabetes and high cardiovascular risk with no effect on HbA1c, glucose and insulin at 4 months while the large randomized trial with canakinumab, canakinumab anti-inflammatory thrombosis outcome studies, CANTOS, of a median period of 3.7 years, did not reduce the incidence of diabetes in patients with prior MI and high sensitivity CRP, more than 2 mg per liter. Future perspectives of the treatment of diabetes Novel approaches on T2D to evaluate anti-inflammatory diets and modulate an individual's microbiome are under study. Clinical trials investigating the effects of vitamin D supplementation on serum levels of inflammatory markers have provided inconsistent results, with no evidence of effects in most trials, 
or effects on selected markets in others. There are also studies investigating whether antagonists of leukotriene production enzyme 5-lipoxygenase 5-LO, 5-LO activating protein and LTA4 hydrolase or receptor binding BLT1 have cardiometabolic outcome benefits. However, these results have not yet been reported. The potential of targeting cholinergic pathways, immune modulation or other mediators of inflammation such as JNK and toll-like receptors, TLR, are also being researched. Conclusions The increasing prevalence of diabetes makes it imperative that research should focus on its prevention as well as its treatment. An improved understanding of the mechanism linking inflammation to diabetes and related complications has stimulated interest in targeting inflammatory pathways as part of the strategy to prevent or control diabetes and its complications. Type 1 diabetes is considered to be more of an immunological response rather than a metabolic disorder and the primary results of trials using anti-inflammatory and immunomodulatory medication are promising. These treatments, in combination with possible use of stem cells to regenerate pancreatic beta cells, could potentially be the key to permanent treatment of T1D. Therefore, after a holistic review of the possible mechanisms that lead to type 1 diabetes and type 2 diabetes and the numerous already described inflammation pathways that are involved, it becomes more and more clear that future research should focus on simultaneous suppression of various inflammatory response pathways rather than focusing on one pathway at a time. Thank you for listening. Do you have any article you would like to listen to? Just send me through on info.pub.reading at gmail.com.